Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington. We might be joined by another of the kitties. He likes to sing during the podcast. We'll see. Uh, Mookie is our other new co-host. All right, ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've also got a festivals page, and our FPIA 2022 page where you can keep up with all of the contest results of Cap City Comedy Club's annual tradition, which is back. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we'll share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. We'd really appreciate it. Today, returning for his fourth time with us, uh, his first interview with us uh, in 2018, I considered and labeled that one a master class edition as far as guests the comics, comics could really benefit and learn from, and you should definitely go check that one out, as well as the others, but that one was was one of the the good ones if you're starting out as a comic and learning the comedy business. He has been touring with Eddie Pepitone since 2019 now. I remember when that was like brand new, fresh news. (laughs) (laughs) His punk rock style of comedy and do-it-yourself work ethic shows no signs of abating. He he brought his uh, latest album uh, cover, which is pretty cool. I'm sure we'll be talking about that one. He's been a musician, promoter, author, podcaster, festival producer, all on top of being a successful road comic. And in its sixth or seventh year, uh, he is going to share the exciting news you need to know about this year's Altercation Festival at Kick Butt Coffee on the weekend of October 19th through 22nd. Get your passes now. And now Comedy Wham presents, welcome back, our guest, J.T. Haversat. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) You put a sound effects machine near my hand, and so I've been... (laughs) I'm not a sound effects guy, but I have one of these at home, Uh and... There we go. The money one. Uh, the That's money the one. one. This, if you That's associate anything one. with me from this podcast, <laughs> that, that. <laughs> thanks for that. Though. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for making the trek. Uh, yeah, it's. I live in Elgin, so oh it, it's like I put in my GPS. I'm like, oh, I know she's out kind of in Hill Country, but I always forget. Like, oh, it's like an hour and 10 minutes away. <laughs> but I'm so glad to be here and thank you for having me back. But every time I'm, I, I'm glad I got here on time, I, I did not factor in that. But uh, uh, luckily, it's a beautiful place you got here. It's thank nice. you. It's I'm excited. It's this, I've gotten, I was very nervous about where I would podcast because mm-hmm. there's an extra room that's right now kind of a storage room. Uh-huh. And I had thought, well, that's going to be the podcasting lotion, a uh, lotion, the lotion. Uh, location. <laughs> but now I'm, I've been podcasting from the dining room table like I. I always have, and oh. I kind of like, you know, letting the guests look at the backyard. Yeah, it looks great. No, I like it. And, you know, we get, at some point, we will get, because he's now done it, you know, however many podcasts I've been doing back now here, 
he will sing. Mookie will sing. I, I feel that, and I, I encourage it because I have a couple cats of my own, and I've been working on a new book and doing a lot of interviews for that. And every time, the more high profile the person that I'm interviewing, the louder they sing. Yeah. They will just straight up. <laughs> well, he, is that a gremlin? Yeah. Like, what is that noise? <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, that's cool. All, and, all cats are welcome. Yeah. And one of, one of my guests, Mandy Kay, who's new to, to Austin, but mm-hmm. a longtime Denver comic, uh, she was very polite, but at the end of the podcast, she said, I don't know if you knew this, but the cat was like sitting right at my feet the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> so he may yeah. do that to you too. No, all good. I, I love cats. <laughs> um, well, welcome back for a fourth time. Thanks. Glutton for punishment. Thanks for having yeah. me back again. Yeah. I appreciate uh, <laughs> it. You don't have to keep inviting me. I feel like you're obligated every year, but thank you for having well, me. Well, I always learn something new, mm-hmm. you know, 2018, that really was one of one of the, like, highlight episodes. Oh, of, thanks so know. much. I actually got a lot of good feedback from that episode. Some some people reached out and said they heard it, so thanks again. Nice, for, nice. Yeah, it's cool. And then the second one, I think, was the one where we we didn't talk about it on the recording, but that was the one that after the the recording was off, you said, I just got some big news. Oh, yeah. Eddie had just called me, like, I think three days before yeah. and asked me to go on the road with him. And we had just started putting out preliminary mapping of things. Yeah, that was exciting. And we're still uh, we're still doing it. Yeah. So that's been a pretty fruitful, awesome partnership. He's one of my best friends now. It's pretty great. That is amazing. And then, yeah, last year, 2021, we were kind of back to our let's promote yes. altercation. <laughs> but let's talk about how it was with, with Eddie. And now it's, yeah. well, you've you've... Your best friends with with Eddie and you. When we were finished recording, because it was obviously before altercation, mm-hmm. like because you know not how to stop. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you had the album recording in December. <clears throat> yes. And now you, you've got the album. Yeah, the vinyl just um, arrived. Well, I've been on the road for three weeks, on and off. And of course, the, I got the test pressings with vinyl. They send you test pressings, which are like basically a, a sample, couple sample copies to make sure it sounds right and the track listing is right and everything. Yeah. Oh, your cat just walked in with a giant fake rat. He's about to, he's about to <laughs> Heck sing. Heck yeah. He's... What's up, buddy? <laughs> um, and so, of course, that arrived the day after I left. <laughs> and so it had a sense going, oh, you got to be oh, kidding man. me. Because with supply issues vinyl is backlogged you can't even like if you're pressing a normal record right now i'm talking to other comics and if you are waiting on vinyl it's a year and a half wait wow because most vinyl is pressed out of the country the majority of the uh vinyl plants which i guess are like a big uh size wise contraption and everything i've never actually seen one in in operation um most of them are in like denmark and even like scandinavia and stuff like strangely across the pond places. And so the only place domestically I know that has their own, and they just built one, I think, I don't know, four or five years ago, is a place called Pirates Press out of the Bay Area in, in California. And they do amazing colors. Everything that uh, I put out with Stand Up Records um, years ago was on Pirates Press. They pressed all the stuff. They do amazing colors and the vinyl and all mm. that. And I really want, if I'm going to press vinyl, I really want it to be something neat and collectible. And so... Uh, you know, I met, I talked to Pirates Press like, yeah, it's a year and a half. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm just not going to do vinyl because I had a label. I'm, I'm signed to 800-pound Gorilla right mm-hmm. now, and they put out the digital and everything. Um, but for the vinyl, I, I maintain physical rights with, with my deal. And okay. so a different label out of Gainesville where I recorded was interested in pressing the vinyl. And I said, yeah, great, but it's going to be a year and a half. <laughs> and so basically waiting 
a year and a half after the album was out, I uh, it didn't feel like doable or point not pointless, but it yeah. felt kind of like ugh, you know I'm going to be onto so much new material by then. Right. I'm going to be not over it, but like because I'm happy with the record. But anyway, uh, uh, I know a lot of bands in Austin, and one of them reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you know about Gold Rush?" And I said, "What are you talking about?" There's a new vinyl pressing plant in Austin. Oh my gosh! Called Gold Rush Vinyl, and they only the reason I didn't know about it and shame on me is that they only the referral only and you have to be an Austin based performer. So I messaged them. You have to get a referral from somebody else that has worked with them. So you mm-hmm. can't just you know um, they're they're strictly all about the local Austin performance scene, mainly music, obviously. Yeah. Um, they they mentioned that I was the first comic to ever that they ever pressed something for, which I thought was kind of neat too. But anyway, I talked to them and they're like, yeah, you know, uh, if we get the masters, you know, this week, five months, I was like five months. Holy cow. <laughs> and they're local. And so I, um, didn't have to do shipping. I could pick them up because vinyl is very expensive. I saw and, that post. Yeah. You know, well. even with a limited run, I think we pressed, I think 500 copies worldwide. Um, even with that, you know, that's heavy and a lot of that shipping gets to be real expensive on top of the expense of pressing it. And also they did all sorts of colors and stuff. So I got swamp green translucent vinyl on a 180 gram record and it just worked out perfectly. So yeah. So aside from waiting just the near miss of being able to approve the test pressings, um, I got all the vinyl in this week. Finally, it's been, it's been sitting at the plant while I've been on tour, which has been (laughs) crazy for me. I'm tearing my hair out going, it's right there. It's literally right there. Um, But now I have it. So yeah, so I'm I'm, frantically this week, I've been packaging up and mailing all the pre-orders out. Yeah. So the post office is going to hate my guts tomorrow. (laughs) Well, it's so cool too, because as, as the, the D DIY guy who likes to do all of his own, own stuff mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to have found you know home yeah it's home-based. great i mean it was win 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 you know because yeah. the their prices were reasonable compared to other places it would have gone um you know the label that i'm working with was very excited that it was going to be five months you yeah. know that's crazy and so they like wrote the check right away and <laughs> said let's go and you know because 800 pound gorilla have been really great to work with as far as everything i said i'm pressing vinyl with this other place they're like awesome mm-hmm. go forth uh, we'll send you the masters right now. Like they green light all the way, really yeah. great to deal with. And so all the, you know, the, the cover art since COVID, <laughs> I knew what I was calling it. So once everything was there, it was just a matter of, you know, I can get you files and everything today. Let's go. Yeah. So, um, and to some people, five, six months sounds like a long time to me, just knowing the bigger picture. You know, I talked to other comics and bands and they're like, how did you get that? They're like, how? And, um, you know, so I just got lucky there. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm stoked. It's it's now in hand. Yeah. You know, and um, you you so. you mentioned uh, being with 800 Pound Gorilla, mm-hmm. which is, I know is a great label. Some of my favorite comics have have put out albums with them, and I I do because I know I can get you, and I because I know mm-hmm. that you have so much wisdom to share with people. Uh, let's talk about uh, what it means mm-hmm. to be assigned. To a record label, sure. And if you're comfortable, no, I'm totally comfortable. Yeah. What what it's like when you switch a record label? Because you were with Stand Up, I was for a while, and I mean, it gets a little thorny there because um, with Stand Up Records, you know, I signed with them in 2012. So that's we're talking 
you know, 10 years ago, a decade. And I have, I've, have a huge respect for stand up records. Uh, Dan, who runs it, I think is a excellent tastemaker. I think his, uh, ability to find talent is really unmatched. Um, and also he's very hands-on in terms of the aesthetics of records. He's not afraid to spend money to make something look really great, which I think is awesome. We bonded over that and we got to be friends. And so the thing that gets tough though, cause you know, Dan also is essentially uh, a one man army. You know, he, he runs and lives and breathes stand up records. And I think I was a pretty good ambassador for the label. Um, as far as when I was on the road, which I, I think I work pretty hard and try to tour a lot. I would always have stickers and put them all over the green rooms and just, you know, kind of yeah. a brand ambassador, I guess. Um, and I don't want to go too deep into the specifics, but the long and the short of it was I'd done three albums with stand up, And like I said, I really, really, uh, I loved everything about that label and I still do. Um, but my contract was up and I knew if I re-signed, I was going to, have to resign for at least a two record deal hmm. and 800 pound gorilla had mess had come to me and said hey would you like to just switch it up you know like try somewhere different and 800 pound gorilla at that time had a lot of things that i was looking for which is you know i'm i'm in my mid 40s uh dan is older than me um and one of the things that really appealed to me about 800 pound was that they have a crew of about 15 people all under the age of 35 doing <laughs> social media pinpointing and analytics and, yeah. you know, search engine optimization and just a lot of promotional stuff that I felt I could use and needed and also didn't necessarily have the head for. Uh, I like to think I'm pretty, uh, I try to embrace technology stuff and be on, aware yeah. of it, but I still don't have a TikTok account. You know, I'm still, I have a certain degree of old man in me that I'm just like, oh, come on. Like, I just can't. And then I see younger comics using it very well. You know, I see their TikTok posts with like the, the kind of the closed captioning of a bit mm-hmm. in like a two minute chunk yeah. on Instagram or something. And I see how many views it gets. I'm like, I should be doing that, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no other reason aside from, I just don't want to. Yeah. I just don't want to do another thing. I'm very active on Facebook and Twitter and now Instagram. And I just don't want to add another thing. I just don't. And so to have, not that they created a, a TikTok account for me, but they've handled a good degree of, you know, they set up a YouTube page for me and put clips mm. on there and just put that under the internet pound gorilla banner. And, and it's, uh, you know, I said, I'm open to a deal with you, but I want to do a one-off to start. If we don't like each other, we're cool. There's no long-term invest not a long-term investment because i ideal you know you want some degree of investment with anyone you're working with otherwise what's the point yeah if it's just a here it is high five bye that doesn't make sense to me um but i liked the, the cut of their jib i liked the and dan dion who's their head of a and r for 800 pound gorilla is a really well-known and respected comedy photographer he's he like has done a ton he did a whole book of portraits with people like Stephen Wright and just all these insane, mm-hmm. you know, legends, Mel Brooks, just countless people. And so I was aware of Dan Dion as someone who was super respected as he's not a comic too. I kind of like that. I, 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 
as a comic that runs a festival, I like festivals that are run and booked by comics. Yeah. But a label is it, it feels a little bit like a conflict of interest in a weird way. If you're a comic and you run a label, not not that Stand Up Records was, but I don't know. It just felt very like this is a tastemaker, and he knows what's good also. Mm-hmm. And it, and their their roster was awesome. Yeah, you know, it's people that I admire who are friends of mine. Um, you know, Kyle Kinane had bumped over to 800 Pound, and um, Matt Bronner, who I like a lot, had just put out his new special with them. And um, at the time I signed, it hadn't happened, but Pepitone ended up releasing, you know, for the masses, uh, the video special through licensing with 800 Pound Gorilla, which went on to get the best special of the year from the New York Times and all that. So there was just a lot of contemporaries that I liked peer-wise. Yeah. And um, it just felt like, all right, I'm in my mid-40s. As much as I love stand-up records, if I do another two-album deal with them, just the nature of time and how long it does between records, we're talking, you know, at a minimum six years before I have the opportunity to go somewhere else again just to mix it up. Yeah. And so I said, well, that doesn't make sense to me. And so I decided to mix it up. Um. And I, like I said, I retained the physical rights to the record. So if anybody else wanted to put out the vinyl, they could. And fortunately, people seemed interested and did. So that was exciting. And it's just been real easy. Yeah. You know, it's just been a real easy thing. Um, 800 Pound Gorilla is a really good direct line to things like Sirius Satellite Radio, which is a revenue stream that I wasn't really uh, having maximized. Mm. And that's important now. You know, increasingly important just... You know, to be a comic that tours full time, even at a level where people are somewhat aware of you and, and care. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I very much am aware that when Eddie and I tour together, I'm not a fool. You know, I know that <clears throat> there's a lot of people that are coming there mainly to see Eddie, but then they kind of get introduced to me. But right. also, I've been touring enough that I do have people that I introduce to Eddie. You know, it's a, there's definitely mm-hmm. people that'll draw. And combined, it's a really good partnership. Um but that being said, you know, I, I'll never forget those early days where it was just like, you're just like, please just come. I promise it'll be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, but any comic that at any level, doesn't matter what level it is, uh, you know, a Stanhope level, a Brian Posehn level, <clears throat> to just survive on the road, it's doable. But the more streams you have of stuff, the more it's doable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I was just living right now on tour dates, you know, Eddie and I just had to cancel over a week of shows because he got COVID on the road. He's fine now, fortunately. But, you know, we had a scrap, you know, eight eight dates when we're out in the middle of it. And it's just like those flights and those rental cars and all that money does not come back just because, (laughs) you know, you you have to scrap it. And those, those guarantees go up in smoke until you can revisit them and the those possible merch sales you know we do stuff like limited edition posters and so now you know i'm like well <laughs> i'm sitting here with 40 limited edition oh. signed posters for dates that do no longer exist yeah. you know and so the financials of stuff like you know eddie and i both have patreon pages uh he has a very weekly regimented well-produced podcast on the all things comedy network um you know folks like posein and they all have podcasts and just different streams of things yeah and so it became increasingly important to me to have um stuff like radio play and you know because satellite radio is paid subscription it's one of the few places you can really actually still make money off 
having your comedy played somewhere because people pay for it. You know, stuff like Spotify and all that. There's a big thing, right? I, I'm, I joined a guild called Spoken Giants, which is kind of like an ASCAP BMI rights group. Okay. Excuse me. Um, they, they saw me at a show in Nashville and approached me afterwards and said, hey, please join our group. And I said, well, what are you? And basically what they do is they, it gets a little inside baseball and boring, <laughs> but with any song that's played on the radio, there's publishing involved, all right? And mm-hmm. publishing is basically like you get paid for playing the song, the performance of the song on the radio, but you also get paid because you wrote the song. That's why you see a lot of bands will get into fights over who owns the publishing because it can be a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so if there's one person, you know, that's the songwriter, you're getting all that. The band gets paid for the performance, but you get paid double because you wrote the song. Well, comedy on streaming platforms does not pay any sort of publishing for having written that bit. You just get paid the performance for that bit. Yeah. So if you have someone, even a legend, Eddie Murphy, you know, somebody that does a bit, they'll get paid. Oh, we spun that record. Here it is. But they, but Eddie Murphy doesn't get a check also for having written that brilliant hmm. bit. You know what I mean? And so basically this company, Spoken Giants, was formed to remedy that and go to bat on behalf of stand-up comics and say, hey, no, you deserve to get both writing credit and performance credit, which you do. Yeah. But, um, you know, all these streaming services were just like, nah. <laughs> and so... I changed the system. Yeah, like, nah, that doesn't benefit us at all. Yeah, exactly. And so basically they called them on it and Spotify and a lot of these places just went, well, then never mind. And they pulled all of streaming yeah, for stand-up. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, and so that's, that's still going on. So... On one hand, you know, at a comic at my level, I consider myself a working class comic. Um, whatever. I mean, Spotify and, all, and also I run a a, a a label of rock bands right now called Altercation Records with a partner out of New York. And so I know the reality of streaming. It's pennies upon pennies upon pennies. And then you see the CEO of Spotify or whatever on their yacht making yeah. literally billions of dollars. And it's so wrong. But it is what it is. That's just how the world is. So what are you going to do? What am I going to just be mad about it? So um, the revenue aspect of streaming like that, to me, for Spotify or something like that, or you know, I don't care. Hmm. Uh, I'd rather have people hear it and make no money and be aware of me. Where maybe they say, oh, I heard that bit. You know, I've had people say, oh, I heard you on the airplane today. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. How? Nice. They're like, oh, some streaming thing that was on, you know, whatever. <sighs> Alaskan Airlines had you on the comedy channel. I was like, what? Weird, <laughs> so but neat. You yeah. know, awesome. And so if if people can hear that and then connect that to me and then somehow have either come to a show or go online and buy the new record or whatever, then that's worth it to me. I don't need the pennies of a pennies of a pennies. But you have some people, my friend Chad Daniels is, I think, the most streamed comic alive currently or often. Yeah. Billions of streams, literally billions of streams. Uh, Chad was also at 800 Pound Gorilla, and I love Chad, so that was a big endorsement as well for mm. me. Um, so when you're talking those numbers, then yeah, maybe a half a penny does start to add up, and it is impactful. Um, also, I know there was you know, a degree, I don't know the specifics, but if you Google it, I'm sure it'll come up. There was a degree of mismanaged accounting uh, with a lot of the streaming services mm. from what I'm gathered. I, you know, I don't want to name names, but I have friends that are larger comics, comics that will sell out the Paramount in Austin that got big checks all of a sudden because somebody said, Hey, your accounting is wrong. Whoa. And a lot of money was on the table and 
just they whoops went in our account instead of yours so i mean the streaming thing i it, it's it's beating your head against the wall if you're gonna rely on that or get upset about it you know that being said I'm very glad that <laughs> Spoken Giants is fighting against it because yeah. I'm sure not. I don't have the energy to deal with it. And also, you know, the direct line for satellite radio is just that much more important these days. Mm-hmm. So those were the things that really played into my decision. And it, it, it was a little difficult because Stand Up Records, I was so associated with that label. You know, they were... There we <laughs> yeah, go. That, there's that the noise. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, good timing. Uh, you know, they, they were disappointed that I went somewhere else and yeah, yeah, I understand that and I felt bad about it in some degree but also you know I have to put my business head on sometimes because otherwise nobody else will for you you know like you have to be your own advocate and as difficult it was a decision to make I I still think it's the right one so you know so far so good different different things can work for you at different times in your life and stand-up records worked for you at that time absolutely in your life. yes and now you know and i'm still just, super super proud of everything i put out there and yeah. being associated with i mean that, that, that roster is incredible mm-hmm. you know that's the first place i heard of you know all of stan hope's early stuff is on stand-up records all you know the first time i ever heard of mark maron or maria banford was oh, yeah, via right. stand-up They're, records yeah you know lewis black you know, grammy winning record from lewis black <laughs> you know it's like come on so I'm always going to be proud of those things, and I always have the greatest of respect for Dan and everything he does there. I've pushed a lot of friends there, saying if, you know, folks like Dante Powell and Jay Shanoin, uh, Whitney Chitwood, uh, just a lot of people that, you know, they said, hey, Stan- Mo Alexander just released a new record that's great on Stand Up Records. People that just said, hey, wh- what do you think? I said, do it. You know, it's, it's a great label to yeah. be a part of. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question or not in terms <laughs> it of but, did, and like, but it's also it's what do you, what do you want out of being on a label? Yeah. You know, when I first signed to stand up records, people said you have your own label, why would you do that? Mm. I said, well, cuz if you have your own label and you put your own stuff out, that's kind of like there's no endorsement there. Yeah. It's me, of course it's, I'm going to put yeah. my own stuff out. <laughs> uh, I want somebody who is not me, who is a comedy tastemaker with other a roster of talent that I really admire saying, yes, I'd like to work with you as well. Mm -hmm. That matters to me as far as perception and just a career arc, you know, of like stamp of approval, stamp of approval, but uh, yeah, but more importantly, it's a stamp of approval to an audience to say, okay, this is someone that takes it seriously and someone else thinks enough of it to invest in it. That's basically all you get out of a label. If you're looking to sign to a label for a giant advance or to be like, all right, I've signed with this label <laughs> and look at all who else is on it. And my record's coming out and hooray, I can just sit back now. And no, that's when the work starts. You know, it's, you know, when this album was released uh, at the end of February of this year, it hit number one and, on the digital stuff. And, uh, you know, like I said, the label does have a lot of, um, you know, little Wizard of Oz's people behind the scenes. Uh, pulling levers and hitting buttons. But also, I know that's the fan base that did that. That's yeah. not any sort of magical record label spell. That's people that come to see me buying the album on that day. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, to comics that are kind of hitch their wagon on the concept of getting, well, it's anything. Getting a record deal, getting a five-minute late-night slot, getting, a, God forbid, a Netflix special, if you can somehow pull off that magic. Um, I mean, those are all things that are incredible you know, feathers in your cap and you should be proud of those things. Cause you know, you look at how many comics are out there. It blows my mind how many comedians now are just out there doing it. And yet the pool of, I always say it's a big, small world, you know, because the people that are lifers and, and, you know, either on labels or have a Netflix or whatever, that kind of known entities, we always bump into each other because it's this big, <laughs> small world of like, yeah. yep, you know, you're just doing it. And, um, but also you can never just relax on that currency. You know, you, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was talking with Maggie May, uh, who got, who did a great special on Conan and, you know, it was right when Conan announced his retirement or yeah. whatever. And she was talking about that. And we were, I said, you know, how did it feel to be able to do Conan? And you crushed it so hard and just got such accolades. She's like, it's awesome, but I live in Los Angeles. And so that means, <laughs> you know, that was pre-pandemic. That was like 2019 right. or whatever. Yeah. And so now when I talk to agents and stuff, they're like, what have you done? They're like, oh, I was on Conan. They're like, oh, well, when? Uh, 2019. <gasps> oh, I meant what have you done in the last month? Oh. Like, that's good. But it just, it's the currency is like gone like that. Like, enjoy it while you mm -hmm. have it. Yeah. But the reality of the industry which I say with giant air quotes because <laughs> I have a very love-hate relationship with all things industry. The DIY in me can't hide its scorn a lot of the time. Uh, but, I mean, you know, that, that concept of just like, hey, I got this amazing thing, and boy, is everybody I went to high school with going, wow, and boy, are my parents stoked. That's awesome, and be proud of that forever. Mm -hmm. But also just know the clock is ticking the minute that five-minute special on late-night airs, or the minute your record comes out. Yeah. Or the You know, I, I just got this vinyl now, and I was looking at the back of it, and I saw uh, Recorded Live in December 2021. And I was like, shit. <laughs> like, like, like it feels old already. Yeah. Like, it's only August, and the special <laughs> didn't come out till almost March. And the vinyl is just in my hands now, but like, you know, it's basically, well, it's September now. Today's officially September. So that means when I ship this, you know, the rest of my tour dates are booked through basically December 1st. So people who buy it, like in my November tour, that means a month later, it's going to be two years old according to the packaging. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's not two years old. It is barely a year old since I'd said these words into that microphone before all of the, you know... I mean, it was pretty much straight to tape. There was no edits or anything like that, but you have to have it mastered and all the things. Yeah. And, and you're, uh, you're also such a workhorse that you're always producing something. Yeah. Whether it's a book. You, you told me before we started recording, you were working on a book. I am. And, you know, there's always, there's always at least one or two projects ahead in, in JT. Yeah, I'm a life. psychopath. It's, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I always say my brain is like my best friend and my worst enemy all in one. Because, and it's also why COVID was so difficult for me. I really, you know, got, had a, I went back into therapy and stuff in COVID, which was way beneficial and needed because I, once I had, was forced to stop, it really was like, but this is how I live. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm that, that shark that has to keep swimming or you die. And so, yes, it gave me good coping mechanisms where now I am not as, manic with all of these projects as I used to be. I can downshift better. Yeah. Um, 
but I always have to have a project going on or I lose my mind. Um, you know, I get, I'm doing these action figures still as a thing and like, you know, tour got canceled. I'm home now. I have a week home that I didn't expect I'd have. I'm working on toys. You know, it's just like, uh, but yeah, I'm working on a brand new book. Uh, it's a, I, I can't talk too much about it because it's, I can just say it's comedy related, but it's not like my last one, which was kind of a tour journal based mm-hmm. one. I'll tell you off the air, but, um, it's a project I've been working on for the better part of this year when I'm not on the road and I've got about 90 pages of it written. <clears throat> and I think I'm maybe a quarter of the way done. <laughs> it's okay. going to be a big book. Huh. And so I have a lot of work to do on it and I'm still working actively on content for it. I have tomorrow. I have a bunch of, uh, work I have to do with it. Hmm. And so, but the thing with books are too, I can pick it up and leave it. So when I'm home and I have the time, cause I know right now, I mean, it's September 1st, this month, September is fairly light, meaning I fly next week to do high plains comedy festival in Denver and I'm out there. I'm in Denver more or less five or six days. And then at the end of the month, I'm doing a long weekend with Eddie in San Fran at the, uh, Oh God! What is the fest? The comedy club out there? Uh, the Punchline in San Francisco, which is supposed to be an amazing club, and um, I can't wait to do it. But that's it for September for me, um, which sounds like not much. It's still basically I don't know, twelve days, but but I'm gonna get a lot of time to work on the book. Like that's my plan because mm-hmm. I know once October comes here. Nothing. Nothing. nothing I mean, not, nothing. Well, I, I wish. I mean, the reality is we're booked to, to headline the Eureka Comedy, the Savage Henry Comedy Festival in Eureka, California, the first weekend in October. So Eddie and I are out mm. there. We're hooking up with Derek Sheen and doing a now twice delayed due to COVID and variants <laughs> run up the West Coast, finally doing Portland and Seattle and all these places we haven't been huh. in years. Uh, it's the third time rescheduling on this because of COVID variants. And so, and Derek's featuring for the two of us. So that's going to be awesome. And then Eddie flies straight to Skankfest. I fly home to do pre-production on the festival, run the festival for a week, do this thing maybe with levitation the following week, collapse for a week. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think it's November 7th or something. Eddie and I start East Coast up until Thanksgiving. Hmm. So it's like, you know, it's a very weird life to schedule things out, to be like, all right, I have this five-day stretch and this six-day stretch in all of September. And boy, isn't that a wonderful <laughs> allotment of huge time yeah. to work on books and toys. Um, so, yeah, but it's a, it's a self-punishing. No one, no one forces me to do these things. Yeah. You know, anytime I get stressed about the festival... Or And the book, I'm keeping someone under wraps, like I said, because until it's done, I don't like talking about books until I'm like, ha-ha, here it is, ba-damn, mm-hmm. you know, and then it can build the excitement. And also with this record just coming out, you don't want to have too many things yeah. thrown at people like, hey, there's, and then I also did this, and then look at this. It's like, tell me which one yeah. I should focus on, <laughs> right? otherwise shut up. You know, like, I, <laughs> I very much have a lot of empathy for anyone that cares about any of these things that I do, and I feel bad sometimes being like, my new record's out, and people are like, all right, cool, we're going to buy it. I'm like, but don't forget about the festival. They're like, okay, well, payday's coming, and I hope to be there, but that's a few months away. And, and here's a new toy. It's like, dude, shut up. Like, <laughs> pick one thing, and we'll try and support it at that. So I, I really try not to you know, uh, abuse my fan base in terms of like, here's the thing, and here's the thing, and here's the thing, and here's yeah. the thing. So my goal right now, and also I, I really want this book to be good. I think it's going to be, 
it sounds arrogant to say an important book, but <laughs> it's something that I think people get a lot of value out of. And so I'm taking it super deadly seriously and I don't want to rush it. Yeah. So there's no, I'm not even, you know, I, I, I have like some contacts as far as literary agents and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't even want to think about trying to sell this book until it's done. I want to be like, you know, because I have a pitch and everything. That's fair. Got the few people I've showed it to is fairly well received, but I'm like, I'd, I'd rather just be like, bam, here's this book. Yeah. Do you want it? No? Cool. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah. How much? Cool. You know, like I, I, I don't want to talk in theoreticals. I want you, to, I yeah. want people to be like, this is the definitive thing and it's ready to go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So my goal right now is to have this book out in spring of next year. Um, definitely by summer. I say definitely meaning I hope so. Um, cause again, I'm not, I refuse to rush it. Yeah. And it's the type of thing. It's a weird book too. I should just tell you about it, but I really can't. I'll tell you <laughs> off the air and it'll wait. I should have told you before we started. But I mean, the gist is it's the type of thing, you know, when you're making a cake or something, you can just keep adding like, oh man, this cho- this chocolate cake is awesome. But, but strawberries would go really well mm. on top of this. And I have access to strawberries. Okay, cool. All right. I think this cake is done. Wait a minute. Cream cheese icing goes great with strawberries. And I think in two weeks I have an option to maybe get some cream cheese icing. So it just goes like that. So this book is that cake. I can just keep adding stuff to it and to it and to it if I wait long enough. Um, But at a certain point I have to say, all right, that's the damn cake. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know. I I know I'm all over the place with rambling as usual around your questions, but ask me something else and I'll try to be precise. Well, let's talk about uh, Altercation Festival 2022. Mm. Uh, the lineup is yes. is out. It's an amazing lineup. There's Thanks. a super secret headliner that you've got there on, is on, on the So secret, I'm not sure who it is yet <laughs> because <laughs> I keep t- I, I've, it's going to be somebody awesome. I yeah. mean, I, I'm talking to that, this is, that's something new for this year. I wanted to specifically have a secret headliner um, because they're twofold. One, I think it's intriguing. Um, two, I think it's kind of a, a nice little <laughs> cherry on the cake, if you will, to, to the fan base in terms of like, we don't know who this is, but yeah. man, it could be it's somebody. Because, yeah. you know, um, and I don't want to make it, I don't want to blow it up too much, but, it, you know, it's, I'm literally talking to everyone from, Comics I consider my peers that are amazing, that are fan favorites of the festival, like working class blue collar comics that are just phenomenal that I would have as a headliner in a year, to people that literally sell out Bass Theater, hmm. you know, and would like to do a place where there's it doesn't mess with their Austin draw as far as a giant paycheck yeah. or surround clauses or any of those things, but boy, will they have fun. And boy, will I be stoked. So, and boy, will people's head explode. You know, so there's a lot of things there. So it's, it's, I'm literally talking to a, a swath of different maybes. Um, and I know whoever it ends up being, um, which is largely based on schedule, not want, you know, mm-hmm. is, is somebody that people will be like, oh, cool. You know, it might be, oh, cool to the level where the Austin Chronicle goes, Look what we missed! God damn it! <laughs> like what? Um, where people flip out? It might be a level of altercation fans going, "Yay, our friend who we like a lot." Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm talking to a bunch, and I know it'll be somebody good. That's all. So yeah, that's a thing. But I want to continue that every year. Yeah. So every year, there's going to be some sort of 
you know, mystery comic with the bag over their head until they show up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, how. what is the reveal? Is the reveal night of? The or? reveal is night of right now. Okay. So it's going to be, It's the date is going to be the kickoff night. Uh-huh. That is the night that Pepitone is on. That is the night um, Vanessa Gonzalez is on. And that is the night the secret comic is on. And it'll always be, I think it'll always be that. It'll yeah. be like a kickoff thing. Um, so especially on a Wednesday, if you want to hang for the late night, you'll see who it is. Yeah. But, you know, it's the type of thing that it could easily be someone who, you know, their ticket would cost what a festival pass would cost, you know. Yeah. Or again, maybe not. So I, I like that ability to kind of mess with people a little yeah. bit. Um, I think based on previous year's lineups, people know that I wouldn't just throw somebody in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I don't know, kind of reputation-wise, I'm, I'm known to kind of just know a lot of people by this point. So, you know, I've got a lot of comic pals that have expressed to me, man, I'd love to do that, but yeah. all the bells and whistles and industry, my agent would kill me, you know, stuff like that because <laughs> it's a coffee shop that holds 150 people. Yeah. So we'll but, see. But for anybody that, that isn't familiar with Altercation Festival, it's not just you bringing your pals along. No. It's no. you actually, it's a submitted festival. It so is. people, you look at the quality of, of the people that Many, are many, many videos. <laughs> I don't envy that. Especially many since videos. I know you're a do-it-yourselfer. I'm a psycho. I Yeah, I feel very obligated to give, you know, the, I, I have this year brought in some friends, very, very trusted friends, mm. features that tour with me and stuff, whose opinions I greatly trust, to help screen with some of it because I, it was undoable. Mm. You know, I feel really lucky people care about altercation as a thing they want to do and be a part of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every single video is watched, you know all of it and (laughs) it sounds like you know five minutes max or whatever isn't a lot but you get the scale of that that adds up real quick and suddenly and it's it's a rubik's cube because you're looking at this five minutes but you're looking at somebody else's five minutes and maybe you like both of them and you're like trying to figure out Mm -hmm. on any given night how would these two play together or would they better work on the wednesday saturday combination so it's not just looking at those five minutes no it's it's a it's one of those like those like a slide with oil on it and you put the fire underneath it it just amalgulates and switches around it's like all these things because i want the festival diverse i want the festival uh not mean if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. there's a certain Mm -hmm. degree i i think and i that makes a hypocritical of me because i'm known kind of as a darker comic (laughs) and i've said in interviews and in my last book the best comedy is smart and mean i still think that's true uh, smart and inappropriate is probably the better way mm-hmm. to put that. But mean, uh, I yeah. just said mean. Um, but I still think that formula is true. But I, I mean mean as far as like edge lordy stuff. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of that because it feels yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, and so I don't like roast battle things. You know, that can be kind of mean. I don't, you know, that stuff, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, and there's a lot of comics that that's their bread and butter and good for them. Yeah. I, I will watch that stuff. I enjoy watching that sometimes. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of it necessarily. So, yeah, there's so many things that go in. It's balancing the aesthetic of, like I said, returning friends. That because there's always some that people look forward to seeing, mm-hmm. like the McEwens every year. You know, the Beaumonts just broke up, which breaks yeah. my heart. Um, who are I love those dudes and. They were so excited to do it every year, and there's something people really, like. They're, they're the perfect closer. This year it's great though because we have Heels from uh, Memphis returning, and they have a brand new record that comes out that day, so they're huh. playing their entire record now. 
and then like a greatest hits thing and so that'll be really cool and uh my buddy jay chenoin from uh new hampshire who who's on stand-up records now and he features for me a lot when i'm not working with eddie and as a headliner in his own right he's he's doing the all headliner set on saturday and also doing a, a dj set um, that night opening for Heels, and he does like total Gary Newman Devo type Ooh, stuff. Cool. Really cool. So, so the music thing is saved. Like it's going to yeah. be good, but I'm going to miss not having the Beaumonts there because mm-hmm. there's certain linchpins that people come for every year. So I have to look at the lineup and go, all right, these are returning favorites, but they can't have been here necessarily last year because I don't want to have it the exact same that way. Yeah. And you know, but I'm happy this year. Headliners across the board, ninety percent are people that have never been there. You know, I've been wanting James Adomian for so long. Uh, you know, it, I think James is so funny. And it's just been availability more than anything. Yeah. You know, like we, we know each other a bit. And um, I think he's a really unique talent. And so I'm, and Henry Phillips is another one. Henry's uh, an old buddy who doesn't play Austin that much. You know, I think the first time I worked with Henry was probably seven years ago at Beerland. It was oh, like wow. him, me, and Mike McRae. And so, <laughs> you know, but I don't think I've seen Henry in Austin since. I know he's probably done the Velveeta Room or something, but yeah. it's just, you know, Henry does like viral videos and he was on Silicon Valley on HBO and stuff. He just stays in LA. And so to get Henry out is a real big thrill for me. Kind of like Tom Rhodes last year. You know, there's these people that I've like... yeah always want and even if you know i mean henry is a cult legend <laughs> you know he's uh a friend of mine was saying i was talking to mike mccray the other day and they said henry phillips mike said henry phillips is the funniest person he has ever met wow and i was like yeah i can definitely see that and they're like well well mike is so funny how can that be i've never seen henry but how can that I'm like you just gotta see him yeah you know and he, he's just the nicest guy and and super hilarious so jackie cation who's a new friend is coming in uh, David Gorey, who's the voice of Comedy Central now and everything from Denver, who I just worked with him. Has he been on Altercation before? Never. Okay. Nope. Okay, because I, I thought that David, I saw at Altercation, and then the following year he was uh, on a, the South by Southwest comedy, and I'm like, yeah. oh, this is awesome, he's coming back. But no, he's... he's uh, nope, he might have done... Uh, awesome. Yeah, he may have done Moon Tower or something, um, but it's the first time getting David to come in. I'll be seeing him next week at High Plains because uh, he works a lot with like Sam Talent and all mm-hmm. those dudes. And so we we just worked together though up in Trinidad, Colorado at a comedy festival up there. And I was like, man, what are you doing in October? He's like, I think I have that weekend free. Like, Come in. That's awesome. So, he's great. Yeah, I, I think he's so funny. Uh, Vanessa Gonzalez is a dear old friend and I'm so proud of all she's oh, accomplished, how much she's blown up. Yeah. It's so well-deserved. It's so nice to see wonderful people get accolades in comedy. That doesn't happen enough. And so Vanessa's, you know, threading the needle and making it work schedule-wise, which is so wonderful. And, um, of course, and Eddie is the other one. Eddie will come back. I like, I, I, he's my buddy. You know, like he's, I'm like, you're, you're coming until you tell me specifically, probably in writing, I do not want to come this year. Because <laughs> he just loves, we just like hanging out. And yeah. so... You know, he comes and camps out in my upstairs bedroom and we just... Uh, That's just amazing. It's, it's the best. It really is. I really feel beyond fortunate that it's been such a nice pairing Mm -hmm. and that i don't know we just have a really great kind of the odd couple relationship uh and yeah it's eddie's the best he's also one of the best comics there is you know it's just like it's we just did chicago we did two nights at the lincoln lodge and um 
both times we we did it again. We did it last year, and both times Bobcat Goldthwait to come out mm. to be like special guest, and to sit next to someone like Bobcat and have him watch Eddie with such reverence is that's so awesome. You know, it's just so yeah. he is literally the comics comic. You know, he's the one that people go that guy, and um, so it's it's wonderful for me because every night, even if it's material I've heard before, he puts a new spin on it. You know, it's you just kind of weaves this spell every night that is <laughs> ridiculously <laughs> hilarious, and he'll re- he'll reference me sometimes because I have a kind of a barking laugh when something really gets me. <laughs> And Eddie has, I usually laugh at the stuff that no one else laughs at. When something goes flat and dies, that's when I will cackle because it's hilarious to me. Usually it's something like too far. He'll Uh say something a little too far where he'll lose the crowd. Uh But me being me, we talk shit like that all day long. And so I'll just laugh and he'll be like, that's my friend JT. He knows I need support right now. (laughs) But it's always when things die on the vine because that's also so funny to me as a comic to just know, oh man. You're trying this thing and it just did not work and that is hilarious to me. And we'll just have like this moment of, God damn it. Like we'll just look at each other like that didn't work or that worked but just for us. Or, you know, just – and I'll do that sometimes for him too. I'll bring up a little thing we talked about in the car on stage and everybody goes, what is what is he talking about there? I don't know. And I'll just hear Eddie crack it up in the corner. <laughs> so, I mean, I love the fact that I can watch this dude every night and never get bored. Yeah. And it makes me work harder too. You know, I mean, he understands I'm in this weird place where the record has just come out. So I need to do a certain degree of that material to push the album. So people that are at the merch table at the end are looking at the track listing going, oh, I like that bit about mm-hmm. the Goonies or whatever and buy it because that's my job. But also, you know, I've got a new 20 minutes right now that I'm eager to do. So it's, you know, I want to write more because I don't want Eddie to get bored with me. You know, I, I want him to be engaged yeah. with what I'm doing. So it's just a really good yin-yang. And so, yeah, so Eddie will be back for the festival this year. Um, and there's some cool kind of specialized stuff. We've got Everything is Terrible, which is a, a hilarious kind of found footage video thing. I don't know if you've ever checked it out, mm-hmm. but you go to everythingisterrible.com. They take these retro commercials and just cheesy, weird stuff and put them together into like an epic video mixtape essentially. Mm. And this one I licensed uh, is called uh, The Great Satan. And it's all (laughs) 80s satanic scare films, religious nuts, uh, horror movie clips, all this crazy stuff. And so I licensed the screening for that, which is going to be, I'm super excited by it because I think a lot of people aren't, necessarily aware of what they're getting into and i think their heads are going to blow up uh and my buddy english matt you know we host a monster movie mockery thing sometimes so english matt is gonna host that in a pre-show thing kind of a inside the actor studio thing and i'm gonna be the devil being interviewed in like a q a (laughs) (laughs) so that's uh happening which i think is gonna be super fun we've got glow show with uh joey z which he's been i know he just mm-hmm. did that as part of moon tower and stuff yep. and that's the psychedelic show with black lights and giant mushrooms and drug stories and stuff which i thought was like i'm like altercation brand folks will love this mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of neat stuff like that that's just you know uh Kristen lighty my dear friend from wisconsin is coming in and doing her bloody mary horror podcast live so there's a lot of it's always going to be stand-up comedy heavy Stand up. I'm kind of a stand up purist. Yeah. Um, I 
I have friends that host them, but shows where it's like, hey, it's comedy, but you're in your underwear. And I don't like that. <laughs> I, you know, that stuff, yeah. I'm like, what, really? We have to take our clothes off to do, yeah. you know, or like you have to eat hot wings. I'm like, I, can't yeah. we just do this job that I like? It? You know, isn't stand-up hard enough? <laughs> you have to put parameters around these things where it's, you're, you're clowning, you know, like yeah. I have to be teary-eyed because of hot sauce for you to i don't know that stuff and i know a lot of people like it a lot of people go to it those shows are always packed because there's an angle i just don't like that stuff so so when i'm booking altercation i'm very aware of like because i get pitched all kinds of things Mm -hmm. i just don't want to do it i don't like i don't want anything roasty i don't want anything where comics are put upon to be ingesting things or (laughs) throwing their clothes at the audience or something so there's definitely an established aesthetic by this point, but also I never want it to get boring. Right. And the best litmus for that is I always look at the lineup and go, am I excited by this lineup? Because you know I can put together a lineup pretty quick of friends that are still going to excite people, mm-hmm. but if it's not challenging to me, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like I knew it was going to be a bit of a ringer to get Henry Phillips this year. I'm like, but this is the year I'm making it happen. I want Henry there. So now Henry's coming. Yeah. Um, same with the Domian. I was determined, you know? And so <laughs> when I'm determined, generally <laughs> I can get my way. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And I, I have noticed that you always do put unique touches or flourishes to your, the, you know, the standard comedy yeah, stand up lineup. I, hope so. So. I mean, it's, I, I really want it to have its own aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I think. The, the biggest, I mean, you know, if I make money on the festival each year, huzzah. Uh, <laughs> if I don't, uh, hopefully I break even and cover all my costs. Yeah. Well, I, I always pay everybody, so I know that's a, you know, a thing. But the biggest feather in the cap for me and the reason why I keep wanting to do it is because comics like it. Yeah. And that's not a popularity contest. That's not me saying, oh, look how great I... It's that comics that I really respect, people like Adam Caton Holland or David Rodriguez or you know, Brian Posehn want to come back and do it because they have so much fun and they really like how it's run and yeah. they really like the whole experience. of so that matters to me. That's the only currency that matters to me. That and the fact that comics that do the festival wear it as kind of a badge of honor and can network with each other. If someone says, hey, I did alter, I, you know, I've, I, I'm sure it's not universal, but I talk to enough promoters and stuff that if someone drops, hey, I did altercation as a credit, it's a big green light for them. That mm. means a lot to me. Yeah. Like that, that, that is enough to make me keep doing it every year despite the mountain of work. <laughs> so I'm glad that that shows through, that it feels a little, yeah. you know. But also I, I, I'm, I feel like it's got a little bit of an edgy vibe to it without being mean. You right. know what I mean? Like it, people, it's, it's not a standard comedy yeah. festival, I don't think. A lot of people kind of refer to it as like a punk rocky vibe or something, mm-hmm. but then there's the devils involved. Like the, the aesthetic is very <laughs> devils in Halloween, yeah. but that's all me. That's just, you know, the, the devils are like the horror movie metalhead kid in me. <laughs> and the, the curation of who I book is, you know, I mean, Jackie Cation and Pepitone are, are, and Adomian are all as leftist as you can get. You know what I mean? But that wouldn't stop me from booking someone like Joe DeRosa, who is in the middle of that yeah. and Joe does like Skankfest and stuff like that but Joe is a dear friend of mine and goddamn hilarious right. and his hot takes I cackle at and agree <laughs> with I mean it's just we're, we're cutting it's so I'm not going to tiptoe around and just book like a woke festival or something like yeah, that yeah. I don't want that 
I want comedy to be a little dangerous, but not in a way that's gross or demeaning mm-hmm. or shitty. Right. So, uh, and I, I we go be remiss without mentioning the. You know, I'm lucky enough to have the best fan base in the world. I mean, the, that's the thing I hear from comics the most too. They're like, this crowd is an electric. They've been here for six hours. <laughs> it's yes. one in the morning and they're still, <laughs> they're still electric. Yeah. And we haven't had one idiot heckler. Like how? <laughs> so I feel very, very lucky. And I don't take that for granted ever. Yeah. Um, I will never, ever, ever, ever just assume those people are going to be at the shows. And I'm always so happy when they are. Yeah. Well, JT, we're going to start wrapping up. Is there something we haven't covered that you want to make sure the world knows? I don't know. I mean, um, not really. I'm excited about this book, and I wish I could tell you more yeah. about it. But it is, it, it will, uh, comedy fans will really, 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 really like it. Uh, comedians, I think, will really like it. And so it's it's kind of a, my love letter to stand-up mm. as an art form. And so I'm excited about that. I wish I could talk more about it. And again, I'll tell you off the air and... You know, maybe if you have me again, glutton for punishment. If you have me back next year, I'll be able to, <laughs> to throw a giant copy on the table and be like, "This, this is what it was. Here it is." Uh, but I mean, you know, the new record is out. It's called Swamp Beast. Uh, it's on Eight Hundred Pound Gorilla Records, or you can just if you go to jtcomedy.com, my store link on there has the vinyl now, so you can get that uh, direct from me, and it'll be on some website soon too but uh the digital is on interpound gorilla and altercationcomedyfest.com has the lineup and tickets for the festival the full passes are available right now which is four full nights october 19th through the 22nd in austin at kickbuck cafe and uh it breaks the full pass breaks down to ten dollars per show which is as cheap as i can make it um and then i'll be doing nightly tickets Per show ups. per night. What's the pass? The pass cost? is a hundred and twenty bucks. Okay. All right. So it breaks down to ten dollars per show over the four nights plus a free brunch with the McEwens. Um so that's as cheap as I can make it. Ten bucks yeah. per show for these headliners. Um, which most of them would be a twenty five, thirty dollar ticket yeah. alone. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna charge for nightly tickets when I announce the lineups on that mm-hmm. yet, but I'm still figuring out the schedule and everything. But it's over seventy comics, not including the headliners coming in from all over the place. Wow. And I would say 80% of them have never been there before, like just new wow. new festival people. And the ones that are returning are people like Josh McLean, you know, uh, Chad Opitz from San Francisco, who was so funny. He crushed last year. Um, like I said, Jay Shinoin is coming back, but Jay hasn't been here in four years. You know, it's like some people that have been there Mm -hmm. but i'm super excited to have them back again because i just know they're going to next level it up i think that's it i don't know i think so do you have anything else for me you need to uh, again (laughs) associate me with that yeah (laughs) so part of my 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 podcast is i always ask somebody their um word to describe their past that yours has been odd we don't revisit it unless you think it really needs to change but then the future word, we, we, we see if you want to... A future word? If you're, today, JT has a oh, man. word to describe your future. I mean, I know I used optimistic last time, or probably... The first time? The first time, mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, I don't know, my new kind of operational mode 
is really living in the moment, which is was incredibly difficult for me to change because I'm such a planner. And you know, mm-hmm. with, with stand up, now that touring is more or less back to normal, says the guy who just canceled a week of dates to you because <laughs> his, his friend got COVID in North Carolina. Um, but now things are, are more or less back to normal. I'm double vaxxed, which I think is the only thing that saved my ass. I still haven't caught yeah. it, COVID yet. Um, but you know, right now, I mean, Eddie and I are booking, right? We just said yes to, we're doing a, a music festival with Iggy Pop in uh, the Dominican Republic. Holy cow. <laughs> like, Amazing. Like what? Congratulations. Uh, so yeah, so that's the end of January. We just said yes to that. And so, you know, we have, we've never been to Florida together, stuff like that. I'm like, all right, now it feels like almost doable three years later. Yeah. And so there's, you know, we're we're looking right now at dates through March. And so... It's September 1st. You have to live your life in advance to do this job right, I think. Yeah. Uh, especially for the large role I play in booking and being a maniac about. I mean, we have management too. You know, Eddie's mm-hmm. got a great manager named Alex out of New York that we work in tangent with. Um, and he's been a huge help for us. But also, I'm me. And so <laughs> I, I, I tend to want to have that leash of knowing where I'm going and yeah. what the deal is and what's happening. So you have to live your life in advance, but I've gotten way better at, I used to just live there. I used to not, I used to miss the day saying, all right, it's September 1st. I know I have to go talk to Val today for comedy wham, but also high plains is next Thursday. So I need to pack. I need to get posters together. I need to pack some vinyl because next Thursday, my flight's at 1230 and I'm missing that whole week between now and next Thursday. Mm -hmm. I'm only concentrating on the next line in the sand. So I don't do that as much anymore. You know, right now, like I'm aware I have to go to High Plains next week, but I'm talking to you now. And tomorrow I'm going to mail some records and I'm going to talk to some comedy friends on the phone for this book. And I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do Saturday. Maybe I'll swim. You know, so I, 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 <laughs> so I don't know if it's one word, but you know, the concept of staying in the moment. Yeah. Uh, present, being present is the big thing for me for the future. That's really been a game changer for me as far as my mental health. And just as far as becoming a full, fuller, more well-rounded person, both of the, both of the, as a comic, a producer, and just as somebody that is more comfortable in their own skin, you know. Because if pandemic taught us anything, there is no guarantee that even next Thursday we'll be here. Yeah. So, you know, this right now is what we have. Literally, this. Yeah. This table. <laughs> this, you know, sound effects machine <laughs> of. of uh, I wonder, it's funny too, because there's no words on this. It's just like, there's a smiley yeah, face a, and there's a horrific, yeah. oh, that's perfect. That, this, this is our impression of Eddie Pepitone and I in North Carolina no. a week ago saying, oh. let's test it one more time no. before I call all of these promoters. Sigh. Uh, so yeah, you know, staying present, I guess yeah. would be, I know it's not one word, but that that's pretty much yeah. where my head's at right now. And as always, thank you for all the work you do. It's so... Oh. No, it's true. It's, it's, uh, whenever I'm on the road and people say, how do I get shows in Austin? Where's this thing? I said, here's the source comedy wham Val. She <laughs> handles all this stuff. She's an angel. Uh, thank you because you make my life easier. Cause I don't have to tell everyone yeah. <laughs> all these things. I said, just go there and everybody goes, thank you. And then I fade away. Yeah. So I super appreciate all that you do. <laughs> well, we need to get your, the festival listed on the events page. Yes. And- Tell me, uh, message me and I'll email you wherever I need to email everything. I'll give you the night by night early plan right now. So okay. that it's up there first. All right. 
Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk I'll talk off air about what we did last year. And I don't remember. Do yeah, it. but yeah. whatever you need. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents JT Habersat. Uh, tell us again on uh, social media. We've got jtcomedy.com is your website. Yes. Uh, at JT Standup is my Twitter. Uh, at JT Custom Toys is my Instagram. Uh, and there's a there's a Facebook group for altercation comedy if you look under that or JT Custom Toys. Both of those have like private face group things. If you go to jtcomedy.com under social too, there should be a link to most of that stuff, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, and eddiepepitone.com has our most up-to-date both of us show links for tickets and stuff like that there. And altercation comedy fest or festival.com, either one of those work for uh, tickets for the festival October 19th through the 22nd. Nice. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how JT continues to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I have. This is <laughs> This has been Comedy Wham presents JT Haverset Volume 4. I'm Oy. Valerie and that's been funny. Thanks. Thank you, JT.